Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. Well, this is, this is really good. I do want to let you know, uh, the welcome team, the, the guys will be passing out a pop quiz. I'm a teacher, and I have to challenge my students to stay on track with me, so I'm going to do the same to you. You're going to get a pop quiz on what I'm sharing and teaching on today, and if you don't score an 80, you have to come back this afternoon for study hall for the next four hours, okay? That was humor. You're supposed to laugh. Okay. Anyway, this morning, I want to take us through on a very much of an overview of a psalm that has been very, very dear to me the last couple of years in particular. It's Psalm 107, and it's a psalm that some it's a book in Psalm that has a call to praise and declaration of praise in the beginning and then an encouragement to ponder at the end. So we're going to look at Psalm 107. Call to praise, call to ponder. And it's a look back at life for people rescued by God. It's an opportunity for them to tell their story. And this morning, you and I have a story. And it's a story, it says that is a story that the redeemed of the Lord tell as part of their walk with God. Now, man's realities, man's reactions, requests, response to God, coupled with the reality of who God is, his reply, and the results he provides for mankind are tucked in this psalm. And it's a back and forth, which the psalmist always did because it was a song. Now, I want to do something that's what might be called old school, but to help us all engage in this psalm, I've selected some highlights over the psalm that we're going to read responsively together to help us stand up, get a little blood flowing, and interact with the text. So I invite you, if you'd please stand. This is something I do with our students at school. It's a great way for them to have to actually look at the word and go, but we're going to have it on screen. So this is Psalm 107, and you're going to see, hopefully, and hear as you read it yourself with me, what's being repeated. There's a big message that's being repeated throughout the Psalms. It's a message that God wants you and I to hear today. So with that, Psalm 107, you just look at the screen. I am going to read that text in orange, brown, Thanksgiving turkey color, and then you're going to reply with the congregational verses. So with that, let's start. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. They wandered in desert wastelands. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. You're doing great, by the way. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Ah, I didn't do so good. There were those who dwelt in darkness, and in the shadow of death, prisoners in chains, and in the shadow of death. 
because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Fools, because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities, were afflicted and they grew near to the gates of death. Those who go down to the sea in ships. He spoke and raised up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens. Then they went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard. They were at their wits' end. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. Again, as we look now, I want to break this psalm up and take an overview. And again, we read highlights. It's a much longer psalm than what we read just now. But I want to encourage you this week, if what we're going to share and, and I'm going to teach this morning interests you, take this psalm this week and pour through it. Spend some time. It, it's so rich. But one of the major stories in this psalm is mankind's circumstances. And isn't it funny, if you and I are going to tell a story, and in the beginning of this psalm, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God wants us, those that are redeemed by the Lord, to tell our story. And yet, in your story like mine, circumstances aren't always friendly. They aren't always happy. And even though your circumstances and my circumstances may be uniquely different, there is something that is totally similar and the same about all our stories because we're all a part of mankind. But that first section that I want us to look at are called circumstances. And as you look back through this psalm maybe this week, in verses 4 to 5, 10 to 12, 17 through 20, and 23 to 27, look at these four things and, and the key words. Some wandered. Have you ever wandered? Have you ever felt like you were wandering, looking for a place to go? And not just directions, from this place to this place, though it could be that, much more the wandering within your soul. Things aren't right. You feel lost. You feel disconnected. And it says that as they wandered in desert wastelands, which Israel was quite familiar with, they were hungry and thirsty. And then the second situation and circumstance is that they're sitting in darkness, 
utter darkness, suffering in chains. And today, I don't know if your story is like mine, but there have been periods of my life when I have suffered and I have been chained because of sin, because of doubt, because of rebellion, all of it. Fallen nature, fallen man, all can play into a place where there have been periods of my life I have felt totally in the dark. Then the next, some became fools through their rebellion. I've been a fool way more than once. My white hair proves it. And look, the result of them being foolish and being in rebellion, they suffered affliction to the point of death. And yes, could that be physical affliction? Absolutely. Sin has physical consequences. It always has, it always will. But it can be emotional affliction. It can be demonic affliction. All because of rebellion. Is that part of my story? Absolutely. And for those here, I'm sure there's people that can identify with that affliction. And then, just the regular world we live in. Some went out to sea in ships. And think about it. As this was written, this is written about seasoned men of the sea, sailors that were accustomed to waves and tempests. But this storm that's described in Psalm 107 is not just any storm. The waves were rising to the heavens, descending to the depths, and these hardy sailors were at their wit's end. Their courage, it says, melted away. So this is just a set of circumstances that, as an example, shows that what you and I go through in our life stories have the same ups and downs, the same different things, the wandering, the darkness, the disease, the affliction, and sometimes just circumstances that aren't very friendly. So look at this next. This is one thing the psalm takes us through, four different scenarios. And then the psalmist does a great job in saying, here's man's reaction and his request. And isn't it funny, no matter the circumstance, this is what man tends to do when the chips are finally down and there's no hope. This is in verse 6, 13, 19, and 28, but it says the same exact thing. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble And what? He delivered them from their distress. This is repeated throughout the psalm. No matter the circumstance, what are these people doing? Crying out to the Lord. And when I work with my middle school students in an effort to get them to kind of grip the big idea, I said, come up with a book title. Come up with a cool, catchy title, and you can only make it three words, (laughs) that this psalm is about. And mine is simply cry out. That's God's invitation to you and I. Cry out. Come to me. And guess what I'll do when you do? I'm going to deliver you from your distress. And then look more deeply, and the psalmist does this throughout this, in all four of these scenarios, Now we see what he does in terms of his reply and results. Look at this. This is great. For those people that are wandering, lost, Jesus talked about 
being with people that were lost and scattered like sheep. He said, he led them in a straight way to a city where they could settle, where they could come home. God does that for you and I. I know there's been times in my life I have felt so wandering, so lost. And it was only when I cried out to God, surrendered, repented of sin, that that path, and he was willing to lead me on that path. Instant forgiveness, instant restoration, and then his path instead of the one I'd been on that had gotten me lost. And then second, look at, and again, this is in verse 7, 14, 20, 29, and 30. 30. When you go back maybe this week and look, he brought them out of darkness, utter darkness, broke away their chains. It speaks of freedom. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. I'm the light of the world. I'm going to bring you out. And set you free indeed. He sent out his word and he healed them. The next thing, for those people in affliction, he rescued them from the grave. John lovingly, in, in, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, The word was in the beginning, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became what? Flesh. And dwelt among us when Jesus arrived. The Word of God has always been and always will be. For my life, that's my story, has been where I've been rescued, I've been set straight, I've been protected from the wrong ways. The Word of truth, God's Word, is like no other. He rescued them from the grave. And then fourth, with that story of the sailors, he stilled the storm to a whisper and hushed the sea, and he guided them to their desired haven. I love that. I thank God for the things in my story at the tender age of 69 when he has taken a severe storm in my life and hushed it to a still. Just last year, This time, I had just come home from the memorial service that I was a part of for my youngest sister. She was tragically killed in an auto accident on vacation. My sister-in-law was critically injured. It was a rough time. And yet, God, true to his word, took us through that storm together and brought us out on the other side And he hushed and he stilled those waves of adversity, of tragedy, of heartache. Yes, was my sister a born-again believer in Jesus? Yes. And as one song said, in Christ there are no goodbyes. My brother and I added at the memorial service, but there are see you laters. And I will see Susie again. It'll be a great day. So that's God's reply and result. And the psalmist has gone back. He just keeps coming back because it's so important. He wants to remind you and I. Number one, cry out. And he says, God will hear and God will respond. That's how much he loves you and I. And he waits patiently 
for you and I to be distressed. (laughs) It's part of the plan. I think we can all agree when our lives are together and all the circumstances in life are going together, the tendency to not trust God, not to depend, is there. And we're depending on ourselves. So man's response through it all, again, over and over through the psalm, and hopefully I can, as you look at this verse, and I look at it again, man, I, this is my story. Let them give thanks to the love or thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Four different times it says this. Repeat, 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 repeat. And I always feel like God says, get it, get it, get it, get it. Don't forget. So here's the question as we go this morning. Do our life stories include Jesus. If you look at the beginning of the psalm, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their stories. All of us have stories, but does your story, could your story be said, let the redeemed, your name of the Lord tell their story? Not everyone does. Not everyone today, maybe even in this room, are redeemed of the Lord. It's a decision each and every person makes to come to Jesus, to make Him part, not just part of their life, but their very lives. I had to do that. I was nine years old. What did I understand at nine? Not much. (laughs) But I can tell you this, when the pastor made it very clear that if you didn't know Jesus and you had sin in your life, you were going to spend eternity separated from Him. And He loved you, and He didn't want it to end up that way. But it was your choice. Accept what Jesus did on the cross, or don't accept it. And if you don't accept it, you're going to spend eternity separated from Him. And yes, there's a place in the Bible that's called hell. And the other place is called heaven. And I'm Yeah, I was a simple nine-and-a-half-year-old boy, but I knew I had sin. I didn't want to go to hell. Jesus, I'm in. (laughs) And I walked forward that day. But I can tell you this. I still remember it. I had to stand up. The pastor made us nine-year-old boys walk forward in the little Sunday school room. And you couldn't have kept me seated. I had to go. And I'm thankful I went that day. I didn't understand a whole lot being nine But I can tell you today as I look back, and it's a part of my story, he has never left or forsaken me, nor will he for you, if you're his redeemed. Wow. Isn't it a joy in this psalm that there is no mention of getting cleaned up first before you cry out? Think if that's how that psalm was written. Okay, get cleaned up, get yourself together, and then cry out. Oh, it says exactly the opposite. Cry out first when you're at your lowest, when you're in distress. That's what I'm after. And my arms are open wide to take you and rescue you. You know, as we enter the Christmas season, and we're officially there now, 
post-Thanksgiving, though Walgreens, Walmart, Saks Fifth Avenue, you name it, they've been after your money for months now, (laughs) and they've been getting some of it. Funny they don't dare in our world today call it Christmas shopping. And when you check out Happy Holidays, making no mention that Christmas was about God's gift that afforded us the opportunity to be saved from our sin. Nope. Hope for the best. Be positive. They use biblical words, joy, blessed, celebrate. But no Christmas. (laughs) Here's a little object, and I, I use this quite a bit in teaching, but, and I, I'm not the best teacher because I forgot it at home, but think about this. The very first piece of wood that Jesus was laid in when he was born that night in Bethlehem was a wooden feed, feeding trough, the manger, just a simple piece of constructed wood, and that's where he was laid. He came to be laid there, but his real mission was 33 years later when he came to be laid on a wooden cross. Same wood, two different reasons. But he had to come as a baby so that he could live a life different from you and I that was absolutely perfect so that when he was laid on the cross, he wasn't dying for his own sins. Praise the Lord, he was dying for yours and mine. So that when he said, it is finished, it wasn't three words of defeat, it was three words of victory. He just paid once and for all the penalty for your and my sins, the sins of the entire world. Satan knew it. He's still not happy about it today, but he can't do anything about it. The victory's been won for us through the precious blood and work of the Lord Jesus. He came to redeem you and I. Are you redeemed? Are you redeemed of the Lord? If so, you've got a story to tell. I love the words that are in this psalm. And, I, and I've kind of thrown three, four words out that just help me to remember this. Maybe they help you as well. But... Think of this, that first story, he gathers. The second story, he frees. At prison, out of darkness, he gathers those that are lost. Again, second, frees those that are in prison, chained in darkness. Then he heals. Jesus came to heal. Not just physical affirmities, though he did that, he came to heal the Disease you and I have no cure for on our own. The penalty of our own sins. He came to heal that and give that opportunity for you and I to be healed as well. To be washed white as snow. Uh, And God is our... God, because of who He is, and that includes Jesus and the Holy Spirit... They're characteristics of compassion, mercy, loving kindness. That's what 
Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit want to do for you and I to come and still the storms of your life and mine. But what does he, what does he allow? He allows the storms to come. And in doing so, he's hoping and waiting for you and I to run out of answers. <laughs> How many times have I tried everything but Jesus? I'm trying to make it on my own. I'm trying to be strong. Figure this out. Jesus is simply saying, I got a lot of patience. And what I really want is for you to get totally distressed, like the sailors at your wit's end. And then and only then do we cry out to Jesus. And like those disciples in the boat, did you ever remember that story? Seasoned sailors, seasoned fishermen on the Sea of Galilee don't just come up and tap Jesus on the shoulder. Hey, Jesus, uh, you want to wake up? Kind of like we do with our kids. Hey, baby, time to wake up. No, they went, Jesus, wake up. I, I can only imagine. The Lord goes, really? Be still. How did you do that? That's what he promises for me that he promises for you. And has he done it for me in my life? Is that part of my story? Absolutely. My Jesus has stilled the storms time and time again. But it's usually always been preceded by me having to get to my wit's end. I've run out of options. I've run out of self-effort. And I have to be totally dependent on him. Are you worth being redeemed? No, not in and of, if, if it's up to your efforts, if it's up to your good works, absolutely not. Ephesians 2 clearly says that what you deserve is to be an object of God's wrath because of your sin and disobedience. But because God is rich in love and mercy, provided his own son to pay for our sins. But back to who you are. I've quoted this. I made my middle schoolers, and they now can say it when I say it to them in the hallway. It was a quote from a four-year-old, supposedly, and it goes like this. I'm special because God made me, and God don't make no junk. (laughs) The grammar was that of a four-year-old, but the truth is dead on. Because it says in Scripture, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. In God's likeness and image. That's how special you are to him. And because you're that special, he does not want to lose you or I. So that's why he sent Jesus. So that we could have that wonderful assurance of being reunited with the God who made us and spend eternity with him. Jesus frees. Ah. He has sent me. This is Jesus saying, but he's quoting Isaiah. Jesus frees us. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. And then it says in Colossians 1.13, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. 
Psalm 103, 3 to 4, talks about Jesus healing. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. That's part of my story, and I'm thankful for it. Thankful for the moments when I've felt the embrace of a Savior who's lifted me out of the pit, brought me out of prison, brought me out of my own darkness, and brought me into His light, His relationship, His forgiveness. And then we look at this final invitation from Jesus. Come and see. Come to me. Don't be afraid. Just believe. I didn't make that up. Those are quotes from Scripture. But I did tie them together. But throughout his New Testament recordings, the gospel writers, you can see this over and over again. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, this is when it really targets to you and I, that invitation to become redeemed. And if we're in Christ, it's, a re, it's an invitation to come back, restore fellowship. But look at what he wants. What he, who is he calling? He says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, not all you that have it all together, and are rich and wealthy and famous and everything's going well. No, he says, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And what is his promise? Much like Psalm 107. Cry out to me in your distress. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And here's the, you will find rest for your soul. You know, every now and then I, I've been caught up in my prayers. God, I want my circumstances to change. I want this. I want that. What he promises here is rest for your soul. Not a change in circumstance per se, but rest for your soul. And what is that rest? It's forgiveness from the penalty of your sin. It's being brought from death to life to a new relationship with the Lord Jesus and a promise that you are going to spend eternity with him forever when life here on this earth is done. In closing, listen to this favorite hymn of mine. It's part of my story. And if you're redeemed of the Lord, I can promise you it's your story too, even if you're not feeling it today because circumstances might not be happy, might not be easy. But this is the truth. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Church, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Jesus lives within my heart, and his arms are always open wide for you as well. As we finish this morning, 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come back for just a time of reflection. And what I'd like you to do is just simply bow your head. And you're going to listen as they play. Think about your story this morning. Think about your story. And for those of you that are redeemed, think back to the times God has proven His unfailing love for you, His enduring love, the love that never gives up, the love that never stops, that constantly invites with open arms for you to come weary and heavy laden, not put together. And He will take us in, hold us, restore us, and bring us through the storm. We're just going to spend a few minutes. The lights go down, listen to the music, use it as a time. It's, this is a time, a season of thanksgiving. And if you're redeemed of the Lord, there's plenty to be thankful for. It. And yet, as you've heard this this morning, you're not redeemed of the Lord. You know that in your heart of hearts. You may know about God. You may even be a skeptic, not trust Him, but you've never placed your faith in Christ. I encourage you to end that with a simple prayer this morning, even right now. Lord Jesus, I'm in distress. Lord Jesus, I'm at my wit's end. And I'm tired. I'm lost. I'm afflicted. Hear the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cry out to Jesus. Tell him, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. To pay that penalty that I can't pay myself. Thank you for rising again so that I can have the promise of spending eternity with you. He will open and welcome you. Open his arms and welcome you. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.